So today as we gather and um, end a month of talking about as a theme journey, I wanted to hold up today three stories of celebrations of individuals and groups of people who I celebrate for their journey of perseverance. 200 years ago on a Sunday in a small settlement of Array, Indiana, which is somewhere between Cincinnati and Louisville, a little girl was born into the world whose influence would help shape the institutions of modern-day Peoria, perhaps as much as anyone else in this city's history. Lydia Moss, the daughter of a Revolutionary War veteran, would follow her father and other members of her family to Peoria after the marriage to Thomas Bradley. Her early child adulthood was racked with sorrow, with motherhood giving the loss of six children, five quite young, with only a daughter, Laura, surviving to the age of 14. Marriage gave way to widowhood when Tobias died unexpectedly in 1867. Remarriage gave way to divorce. But amid all the radical changes to her life, she and Tobias, and later Linda Lydia Moss Bradley alone, changed the face of Peoria. Her most visible contribution, of course, came as a memorial to her children in 1897 with the opening of Bradley Polytechnic Institute, since known since 1946 as Bradley University. Lydia, wherever she invested, she encouraged improvement, mutually beneficial to the city and to herself. With funds from interest in local distillery and railroads and many real estate investments, operation of a Peoria Pottery Company and the founding of the First National Bank of Peoria, which is now called Commerce Bank. The family was active in donations that helped to forge many lasting institutions in this region. And the family was a major donor to the newly conceived Peoria Public Library in 1865, but especially significant to us as Universalist Unitarians was the founding of the Universalist Society in Peoria, which later became the Universalist Unitarian Church. And Tobias and Linda were members of that congregation and played a part in building of the Universalist building. And some years later, Lydia's contribution of $30,000 paid off the church mortgage. And so, new, being new to Peoria and being new to this congregation, I hold up Lydia in celebration of her per perseverance, of her journey. You know, her, as I studied her more, I found out that the establishment of the local park district we can thank to her, and I'm sure many of you know this, but I was excited to learn this, that Laura Bradley Park is one of the many prides of the district that spans more than 9,000 acres of parks and open space. 
Also, she had her effect in the health system through the Sisters of Order of St. Francis and also the Children's Home. She also, many neighborhoods, as, you, as I went around Peoria, I found her imprint that um, her land ownership, she incorporated swaths of land and divided them and helped this town of Peoria grow towards the city of today. Quoted in the newspaper at the time of her death was the inspiration as an example of a life that remains a heritage as rich as the benefits she conferred upon the community and the open society of which she was a part. Shift with me now to 1990. Many years later, in the country of South Africa, a small group of Unitarians were making their voices heard. It was February 10th, 1990, and the newly elected mayor of the city of Cape Town, Gordon Oliver, was facing a major crisis in the city that he had just been elected to lead. The mayor had learned that conversations were occurring that could possibly lead to the release of Nelson Mandela. A demonstration had been planned that evening and the mayor offered his support to the people of color community along with the support of the Unitarian Church congregation of which he was a member. As the day rolled on, a message went out to the members of the Cape Town Unitarian Church. They were together in front of Reverend Tutu's church at 6 p.m. to join the large crowd of people of color who were beginning to congregate from all over the city of Cape Town and as well as all of the townships surrounding that city. Later around 5 p.m. that day in South Africa, government reversed its long-standing policy concerning apartheid. And black South African exploded with joy. A crowd of some 100,000 people of color squeezed into the grand parade grounds surrounding City Hall, infusing it with the energy of a rock concert. Mandela was to deliver his first speech there, but standing at the starting line of the crowd, was the mayor and over 100 members of the Unitarian Church congregation. You see, the Unitarian Church had served as a safe house and a place of comfort and support for the people of color for well over 25 years. The demonstration lasted throughout the night into the next day and the Cape Town Unitarians stood strong with their brothers and sisters of color. The next day, Mandela walked out the front gate of the prison in southern Cape Town as the sun splashed on the afternoon of February 11th, 1990. Arm in arm with his then wife, Winnie, each raised a fist in triumph. Mandela's journey of endurance from prison to Cape Town City Hall was beginning to unfold. Mandela arrived at twilight facing a sea of frenzied supporters from the balcony. And then he uttered these words, Comrades and fellow South Africans, I greet you all in the name of peace, democracy, and freedom. I stand here before you not as a prophet, but as a humble servant of you, the people. 
Today, the majority of South Africans, black and white, recognize that apartheid has no future. We have waited long for our freedom and for this day to happen. Across the country, lasting until dawn, black South Africans danced and drank the night away in a black townships. Difficult days lied ahead, but on the summer's day in 1990, South Africa entered a new era, and Nelson Mandela was the man who led the way. And standing there among the crowd were the members of the Cape Town Unitarian Church, offering their encouragement and their support. <clears throat> when I think of celebration and celebrating journeys of endurance, I can't help but reminded of that of my dear father. He was born into a family of 12 and was the middle child, and he grew up with practically nothing. But he learned how to farm and how to make the best of any situation. And as a young man at 18, he enlisted into the army and found himself fighting. He, along with thousands of others, were called into action as war was declared. And at the age of 20, on a special mission, he was wounded on the battlefield, lost his right leg in the use of his left arm. He was sent back to the U.S. to recuperate and to be trained how to live as an amputee. And I've often thought about him at that young age of 20 with his life ahead of him. How he must have endured and how his life changed so greatly in a brief moment. My father learned how to survive and thrive despite his disability and has always been an example to me of living our lives to the fullest and learning how to make the best of the situations in which we are handed. I lost my father at the age of 17, but had the opportunity to spend a day with him before he died. And as we sat and talked, he talked about baseball and of course joked whether or not the Cubs would actually win the World Series. And when they did, I could see him smiling, looking down, finally saying, it's about time. But on that day, as the respiratory therapist came into the room and asked him to blow in his equipment where he had to raise, blow and to raise a ball to the top of the, the cylinder, he tried and couldn't quite do it and the therapist said, oh, that's okay. And he said, no, it's not okay. And he did it anyway. My father never let his disability interfere with his activities, and he taught me by example the meaning of endurance. So celebrating journeys of endurance, what journeys do you have to celebrate in your lives? What have you learned about endurance? How does endurance help you? Orson Whitney, over a hundred years ago, stated, No pain that we suffer, no trial that we experience is wasted. It ministers to our education, 
to the development of such qualities as patience, faith, fortitude, and humility. All that we suffer and all that we endure, especially when we endure it patiently, builds up our characters, purifies our hearts, expands our souls, and makes us more tender and charitable. Endurance is defined as the ability to do something difficult for a long time, which at times can be ability to deal with pain or suffering that might continue for a long time. An Eastern writer and philosopher of religion wrote, Sometimes life is like a small sandstorm that keeps changing directions. You change direction, but the sandstorm chases you. You turn again, but the storm adjusts. Over and over, you play this out, like some ominous dance. Why? Because the storm isn't something that blew in from far away, something that has nothing to do with you. The storm is you. So, all you can do is give in to it. Step right inside the storm, closing your eyes, lugging up your ears so the sand doesn't get in, and walk through it, step by step. There's no sun there, no moon, no direction, no sense of time. Just fine white sand swirling up into the sky like pulverized bones. And once the storm is over, you won't remember how you made it through, how you managed to survive. You won't even be sure, in fact, whether the storm is over. But one thing is certain. When you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. As members of a religious, uh, as a religion without a formal creed, Universalist Unitarians often define themselves by the stories that we tell. Stories can help us to connect and to feel that we are not alone. Today I have shared with you three different stories. Each has different characteristics, but each has a common theme. The lessons are in the journey of endurance. Lydia Moss Bradley understood the meaning of the journey of endurance and left an impact upon this community. Nelson Mandela, along with the Unitarians of Cape Town, understood the journey of endurance and brought about changes that have blessed and will continue to bless future generations. My father taught me at a young age the meaning of endurance and has been a blessing to me and to my children. So as you go forth this day, I challenge all of you to look for those individuals in your life who have taught you, who have assisted you on this journey, and take the time to celebrate them. May we all, as a congregation, work together these next months, and may we enjoy many celebrations of the work that we will accomplish on this journey which we are on. May it be so.